We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like to invite you this evening to go with me in the Bible to Acts, Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. It's exciting to be a part of a church that has a missions emphasis month that is bringing the need of missions before the congregation on a regular basis. This church, no doubt, um, is doing that and has been doing that for many years. You have a testimony of being involved in missions around the world, and you should be thankful for that, that God's given you the opportunity to be in a church that has that heart, that heart for Christ to reach the local community, but also to reach the world with the gospel. Acts chapter number 26, here we see Paul, he's standing before King Agrippa, giving a testimony about why he is where he is and all that has gone on. He's giving a defense there to Agrippa. And he begins to share his testimony about how he came to faith in Christ. And he begins to share about how Christ changed his life. And I was reminded as we heard the last song about how Jesus changes lives. No doubt Paul could have shared that testimony. Jesus changes lives. And if you don't believe me, he's changed mine. And we see here Paul sharing that testimony and he, he shares in this testimony a few principles that apply to us today. And let's jump in to verse number 12 as he's giving this account of his, his journey there to the road to Damascus when he met the Lord. The Bible says in verse 12, Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now imagine this, Paul is on his way to Damascus. He thinks he's doing God's work. He's going to close down churches to get rid of these preachers of Jesus. He thinks he's doing what is right. And on the road to Damascus, this bright light from heaven, a voice from heaven comes and, and Paul responds back in the natural way and says, Lord, who art thou? Maybe he doesn't know if this is an angel, if it's God. Exactly, who am I speaking with? And the answer that came back, I am Jesus. Paul's on his way to stop those that are preaching the name of Jesus. And instantaneously, this man who had been trained in the scriptures in the Old Testament, that knew the law and the prophets, he understood that he was on the wrong side of history and that he had been opposing Jesus, and then he learned that, wait, Jesus is really, really who all these prophets and who Moses, who they were speaking about. He's the fulfillment of the prophecies. He is the Messiah. And as Jesus is speaking there 
with Paul and Paul's understanding these things, Jesus says in verse number 16, as Paul gives the account, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Let's pray together this evening. Lord, we thank you for the reading of the scriptures, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, stir us to be reminded of the purpose for which you've saved us. And I pray for this congregation as they go into this Missions Emphasis Month, that it would be a time that you can stir their hearts anew about the need to reach friends and family here in this community with the gospel, but also to continue with a commitment to reach the ends of the earth in our generation. We ask that you would do this work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Here is Paul's giving this account. He says that Jesus told him in verse 16, rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. And he goes on to tell Paul the purpose for which he was being saved. And all of us need to be reminded that that God has saved us for a purpose. He has a purpose for our life. Now, many of us would have different uh, gifting and abilities that the Lord has given us. He's placed us in different geographical areas to serve Him. But there are some things that we all have in common, some of God's will that all of us share. And in this particular passage, he tells Paul that he's going to send him, send him to the Gentiles, But he's going to the Gentiles in verse number 18 to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, so that these Gentiles, that they can receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me, or faith that is in Christ there in verse number 18. Interestingly enough, when we think about the purpose that God has saved us for, many things we can speak about, but when we think about the purpose, we know that we all share the common purpose of sharing the gospel with others. What is the purpose that God's given us? Verse number 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. And when we think about missions, and when we think about outreach, even here in our local community, God has given us the mission to go to those that are lost without Jesus and to share the gospel with them so that they can know the hope of Jesus. I remember back when we started our first church, uh, we had been out in the neighborhood knocking on doors, handing out tracts, handing out flyers, talking to as many people as possible. Uh, I had a notebook with me, and I remember I would go out in the morning and pray before I left and tell Lori when I come home, God willing, I'll have 10 or 20 names of people that I've met today and at the bus stop. You're in this in the city. If you walk 15 minutes in any direction uh, from the first church that we started, a 15-minute circle, so less than a mile in each direction, there's 50,000 people that live there. There's an average of about 18 houses per acre. You have a lot of people living in a small area. 
I tell people that I like to walk outside, see concrete asphalt. I like to look around and reach my wallet to see if it's still there. I want to breathe in the, the breath of city air and feel the burn of smog in your lungs. That's life. That's living. That, that, that's what we uh, wake up to every day there in Chile. Lori, who was born in Tennessee, sometimes she, she doesn't buy that whole story. <laughs> She's like, we're here for Jesus because he's led us. But I don't know about the, uh, some of the city life and all the things that go along with that. But, you know, when you think about the, 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 the call that God's given us, it's the same for all of us to share the gospel. And there at our first church, I remember we had met a lot of people that came to the first service that we had back October 23rd. October is a month that I always remember uh, the first service of that first church plant on the mission field. Quite a few neighbors showed up for that first service. Most were not interested in Jesus, but they were interested in who is this gringo that's in our neighborhood that every day we see him and he's talking to every, everybody and handing out all these, all these gospel tracts. And I remember that one of the young men that came that day, his name was Francisco. And Francisco came. He didn't look like the typical teenager that would be interested in a, a church plant, uh, black leather and chains and hair kind of covering part of his face, hair that uh, or music that you could hear from the, his headphones he had in from several feet away. And I thought, huh, kind of surprised that, that Francisco is interested in a church plant, but this is great. I look forward to getting to know you. And begin to follow up with Francisco. Francisco started coming to the church about once a month, always come in dressed the same way, always with music playing. Sometimes he would take his headphones out. Sometimes he would just leave them in during the service. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure exactly why you're here, but I'm glad you're here. Well, little by little, we began to talk with him and try to study the Bible with him, and he kept coming. It was always about once a month, sometimes twice a month. Sometimes two months would go by, we wouldn't see him. And that went on for a year, for two years, for three years, for four years, for five years. Five years into this church plant, by then, we had started the Bible college. We had two other church plants that had been started out of the first church. God was blessing. Uh, the youth group was growing, and there was Pancho uh, involved in a lot of the, the, the university-level youth groups that would do political protesting. He would be out on the streets on a Saturday, burning things in the street, throwing rocks at police. Sunday, he would grab his Bible and come to church, sit down, just wrestling with a lot of different influences in his life. He had made a profession of faith and had shown some, some growth, uh, but really not, not much. And we had a teen camp back in 2010. And I remember that Pancho came to me. Uh, Francisco, the, the short version for that name is Pancho. A lot of people call him Pancho. Pancho came and he said, can I go in the teen group, the teen uh, summer camp? And he was a college student by then. And I told him, sure, it'd be great. Come along. And during the week of teen camp, we had preaching in the morning, preaching at night, games and sports in the afternoon, but a lot of time around God's word. And God began to work in Pancho's heart that week. Before the week's over, he came to me and he said, I've not been giving my life to Christ like I should. I know I'm saved, but I've been living for finances and future and politics and all these things. But I, I want to follow Jesus and I want to know him and I want to serve him. And I was encouraged and excited. I shouldn't say this as a missionary, but uh, I, I thought as he's telling me this testimony, well, praise the Lord. 
Now, what I want to see is three or four months back in Santiago. How's your life going to be? Are you going to stick with it? I want to do everything I can to help you. But uh, And I, we went back to the city, and I, I must admit, there was a bit of, there's a lot of hopeful faith and a bit of doubtful skepticism. I know your pastor never has that, but I'm not quite the man of God he is, all right? Uh, but we got back to Santiago, and he started coming to church every time the doors were open. He was reading his Bible for one of the first times because he wanted to know what the Bible said and who Jesus was and what God's plan was for his life. Six months into uh, his, his, his faithfulness at church, bringing people to church, being involved in anything he could be involved in, he came to me one service and he said, you know, I'm thinking about, I've been preparing to be a history teacher. I want to influence young people and help them to understand history. But as I grow in the Lord and I read the Bible and I come to church, I'm thinking instead of being a history teacher, maybe I could be a Bible teacher. Maybe I could be a preacher. Maybe I could be a pastor. Maybe I could be a church planner. And I remember thinking, I I would have never thought, is it God can really take anybody and do anything with, with anyone? And like he changed Paul, who was the enemy to the gospel. Here, Pancho began to prepare for ministry. He went and told his family the Lord was leading him to leave the university. He was the only believer in his family, and his family was furious. Furious to hear that he was going to drop out of the university. Furious to hear that he was going to follow some unknown strange plan of meeting with this weird missionary and this group of men that are studying the Bible all day at the back of this church plant in southwest Santiago. Pancho, he continued forward, prepared for ministry. Back in 2015, we went out and started a church together there in Santiago. Today, Pancho's standing before a group of people preaching the Bible, reaching people for Christ, and God is using him in an exciting way. And it's one example of many of how the Lord changes lives. The gospel is powerful. And here this message, this purpose that we've all been called to is to take the gospel to people like Pancho that need to hear the truth of Christ. And God can, can, can through the preaching of the gospel, can move them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, as the text says, from this dead of sin to forgiveness of sin, from having the future, a future of being separated from Christ for eternity in a place called hell, to the inheritance that we have among the children of God. What a beautiful missions verse here in Acts 26, 18. Now, the amazing thing is that Paul goes on in verse number 19 to say, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Now, here we see Paul, he's telling us that he was saved for a purpose, and we're all saved for a purpose. We think about what that purpose is, and Paul shares some of that purpose. Our purpose is to share the gospel, to help people move from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. But he goes on to say, Agrippa, I want you to know that I've not been disobedient to this calling. I don't know about you, but when I read this, and I know that Paul's in the latter stages of his life and ministry, and he's looking back over many years and several missionary journeys, and he gives that testimony of being faithful to God's call. Not that he was a perfect man. No man is perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. But he was faithful to obey the Lord and follow the Lord. 
I want to arrive to those latter stages of my life and be able to look back and say, by God's grace, I've not been perfect by no means, but I've been faithful to obey God's leading in telling others about Jesus. I think many of us here on a Sunday night would all share that desire, amen? But how do we do that? What can we learn from this text? We see what we're supposed to do, and no doubt many of us are clear on what we're supposed to do, but how are we supposed to do that? Look what the Bible says here in verse number 22. Paul goes on to say, as he's given this testimony, he says, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Here Paul says, all I've been doing is preaching the Bible. I'm just a Bible preacher, preaching what Moses and the prophets said, and and, and I'm doing that day in and day out, and I'm doing that both to small and great, meaning the, the everyday average person as well as people like King Agrippa, But he starts off the verse saying, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day. And you know, friend, it is so encouraging to read these words in the scriptures. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I think about the Apostle Paul or many other heroes of the faith in the word of God. And I can quickly put them in a category that is not the category that I'm in. I don't know if you've ever done this where you're like, sure, Abraham did that. He was Abraham. Of course, it's Peter, it's Paul, it's David, uh, these different uh, heroes of the faith. But as we read the text here, it's not because Paul had great abilities or he was a man of grit and determination and nothing could stop him and he just decided and that that was it. He was gonna be a man on mission because he was so talented and so strong his will, uh, his abilities. No, he tells Agrippa, Agrippa, I want you to know how I've gotten to this place. And I'm here today because Jesus saved me. Jesus gave me a purpose. And by God's grace, I've been faithful to that purpose because Jesus has helped me. God has helped me. Having therefore obtained the help of God. And as I think about the work on the mission field, I've Grew up in the Atlanta area. I remember in high school, I made pretty good grades, except for one class. There was one class that I would have been like much many of you that someone would have asked me as I went into to Bible college, Jason, do you speak Spanish? I would have said, no way. Did you take Spanish in high school? Sure, two years. <laughs> that, that Spanish was the subject in high school that I, I did not understand. I really didn't want to understand. I didn't care if I understood. Uh, That's not good, teenagers, all right? Several years later, God ended up calling me to Latin America, and I lamented the the, uh, lazy attitude that I had there in school. But, you know, I thought, Lord, missionaries, they go to strange places. They eat strange things. They learn different cultures. They speak different languages. I grew up in a pastor's home when my dad was my pastor all growing up. He went home to be with the Lord right as we were getting ready to leave for the field. But we had a lot of missionaries through our home. And I always thought missionaries are great, but missionaries are kind of weird. Have any of you ever thought that? Come on, you can raise your hand. I won't be offended. 
I told the Lord, I can't be a missionary because I'm not weird, right? <laughs> we all think that about ourselves. And I remember as a young person going to Mexico, seeing the needs and realizing there's areas right here at our doorstep that desperately need Bible preaching churches. There's areas where people have not gone yet to take the gospel. In Latin America, great doors of opportunity that are wide open, but we still need more laborers. Areas around the world where people have never heard the name of Jesus and they don't know what the gospel message is. And God began to stir my heart and all the excuses that I came up with about I'm not able and I'm not talented enough and I, I don't know and I can't do this and I'm not the one and I don't think I can. Time and time again, I would come to the Lord and say, but here's another, another deficiency. Lord, are you sure? And they were reminded of texts like this text, that Paul, he obeyed the Lord and he moved forward and served the Lord as a missionary, crossing cultures and borders, planting churches and being used by God. And he did that with God's help. And whether we're talking about being a more faithful witness in our community, sharing the gospel with others, people like Pancho that live in our neighborhood or maybe on the job site, they're at school, we need to be faithful to share the gospel with others. And how do we do that? We do that with God's help. We pray before, we trust in him, we learn his word, and we depend on him. But you know, we need people that would say, Lord, here am I, send me. And maybe this month, God's going to stir in the hearts of some of you all. I talk to young people sometimes and remind them, all of us should be either senders or goers. We should all send missionaries or be the ones that go to the field, right? But if you look, the line for senders is pretty long. The line for goers, it's not as long as maybe it should be, right? And why don't you ask the Lord, Lord, would you have me to go? Could you use me to take the gospel to another area around the world and preach the gospel? And before you think of all the reasons why it would be difficult, and, and, and it will be, remember, how do we do it? Wait, first, what do we do? We tell people about Jesus, help them move from darkness to light. And how do we do it? We do it with God's help. Surrender to him, give him your, your time, your talents, your future, and say, Lord, I'm here to be used by you. And parents, I would encourage you, it's not easy to think about your children possibly serving the Lord somewhere around the world. I have three that are all praying about missions. Katie's very interested in Africa, spent six months in Africa earlier this year, four months in Nigeria, two months in South Africa. And that seems to be her, her prayer, her desire. The boys are both praying about South America. Neither are really thinking about Chile. So Lori and I are thinking, all right, we're going to have... Uh, kids and grandkids and this, you know, it, it's, it's not, not easy. But when we get to heaven, we'll have the easy time. And in the meantime, we're called to be soldiers, to follow the Lord, to be obedient, to give our lives, to give our children, to reach this world with the gospel while there's still hope. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you.
May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.